welcome to this podcast, recorded live at the Junction Church, Aberdeen. We pray this message inspires and encourages you. For more information, you can connect with us at www.thejunctionchurch.com. So on Tuesday, last Tuesday, I was um, traveling back home. We live about 40 minutes away from um, the center of Aberdeen. Uh, uh, north of the city and I actually had Bella in the car which is my granddaughter you may have seen a little fuzzy head around and that's that's my granddaughter but I had her in the car and I was probably a little bit nervous it was the first journey that I've had with my granddaughter in the car feels like the first journey that when you go from the hospital with your new baby it's like don't anyone come near this car (laughs) and you just feel like anything could happen you know and so I I was probably a little bit nervous but all of a sudden as I was kind of just sort of praying God keep us safe (laughs) the Holy Spirit came on me and it was quite a surprise because it was it seemed so random his his coming for this particular purpose because I was just on my everyday journey back to my home And before I knew it, I was seeing a movie in front of my eyes. Now, I was driving, and I was being attentive to the road. But isn't it amazing when God speaks, he can kind of just put layer upon layer, and and then he gives you understanding. And, And the Holy Spirit just consumed me, and he showed me this story. He showed me like a movie. Uh, right before my eyes. And so I am actually going to try and interpret and trying to convey to you exactly what God said and showed me. So you're going to need your imaginations this morning. I'm going to need my glass. I'm going to take you on a journey. Is that okay? So this is what he revealed to me. A little bit nervous. I've never done this sort of thing before. So here we go. I seem to have been stumbling for so long now, trying to find my steps on this unpredictable landscape. The continued frustration of not being able to place my foot on this unforgiven, uneven, ever-changing ground. So many times I have fallen, and each time another graze another pain, another injury adding to my continued torture. If only I could tell where I was. Whichever way I turn, a horizon could not be seen. It all merges into nothingness. It all looks the same. Dark. I keep clawing at my face in the hope to peel this invisible mask from my eyes. But I can't physically get a hold of anything. And unrelenting it pursues into the depths of my being, making me feel more alone and more afraid. Is anyone there? I try to distinguish my hand that I hold in front of me. I can't see it. I can't recognize it. I try to grasp it in some panicked identification, but each attempt it is lost into the ocean of unknown. Who is this person that is held in this frame? Does anyone know? 
Noise surrounds me, but I can't define one sound. I listen, but I cannot hear. It presses on my head, demanding a response, but I just don't understand. Nothing makes sense, and confusion triumphs as it swirls menacingly around my mind. Can anyone bring silence? I can't really feel the rhythm of my heart. The discord within has made it out of tune. A foreigner in a familiar land, disconnected and cold like a vagabond that has no home. Each step is the same as the last. The continuous pattern of hopelessness. I think. I might be lost. I fall to my knees, hands over my ears to silence the wave of sound. Hot tears burn my face, and a silent cry wells up from within. I suddenly become aware of something so unfamiliar. As I look down at my chest, a glow rests on my heart. Never have I seen this before. Through bleary eyes, I look up to a small glimmer of light next to me—a beacon, a signpost, a person. I can just make out the soft sound as I strain to see their lips move in the gloom. This way, as I rise to my feet, darkness. Has turned to dusk, and still, yet with uncertainty, I move towards the way in which I was told to go. So unfamiliar, yet compelling. So unsure of this new terrain, I reach out my hand to navigate the way, only for it to be met by the warmth of another hand. I look up to the source in bewilderment. A sign. A beacon, a person. Strength floods my tired feet and ankles, and I pick up a pace. And I feel a strange stirring in my chest. Is this my heart beating? Could this be hope? Through the dusk, I see a slither of light, mesmerizing, reassuring. My eyes are locked. My determination set. As I start to run, colors unfold in front of me. The ground beneath me feels refreshingly smooth. I can't look left or right, but I know I'm not alone. Beacons of light light my path with colors I have never seen, and the pressing sound has given away to an unfamiliar cheering. That reaches deep into my soul, making something arise in me that I have never felt before. Hands reach out to steady and lead me on. Could this be joy? Could this be love? Could this be life? Suddenly, I stop in my tracks. Silence. I look upon the brightest light. I have ever seen. Could this be a sign, a beacon, a p-
person. And as I peer through the brilliance of this blazing light, I see written above, this is Jesus, King of the Jews. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I wasn't expecting an applause. I'm actually shaking, church. John 14, 6 says this. Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. And I wrote that because the Holy Spirit told me to. But I am amazed throughout the Word of God, the plan of redemption. I am amazed how as you read through and you understand how God throughout, since the fall of man has given a sign to mankind that he loves them, that he reassures them and that there is a promise of redemption. That sign upon sign, if you read the Old Testament, it says, this, is a, this shall be a sign, this is a sign. And this is a sign, and he continually keeps impacting his people that there is a plan. Because there was a plan right from the fall of man, right through to present day, the redemption and the salvation of God. Some of you have stepped into that salvation and that redemption. Some of you are yet waiting to take that faith step and believe. But I was so amazed about the signs in which God has given us to light the way. In Genesis 9, verse 12, as Kevin read last week, And God said, This is the sign of the covenant, meaning the rainbow, which I make between me and you, and every living creature that is with you for the perpetual generations. I set my rainbow in the cloud, and it shall be for the sign of the covenant covenant between me and the earth. This was not only a promise that he wouldn't flood the earth again, but this was also a promise that the fullness was coming. The fullness of redemption. The fullness of the promise was coming, Jesus Christ. And that was the sign that God gave. And then he gave another sign to the shepherds in the the fields who were just minding their sheep. And in Luke 2, 11, verse 12, it says, For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. A sign that the Savior of the world had come, the one who, who it had been prophesied would come. And so God bringing signs, not leaving his people wondering, but giving signs all the way along reassuring that there was a plan for salvation and a plan for eternity. But then we get to the point where Jesus is standing in this crowd. And the crowd is just gathering and pushing in on him. And he says this amazing thing. As they're going around, he starts calling them an evil generation. (laughs) How to win friends and influence people. And he says, you evil generation... It seeks a sign, and no sign will be given to it except the sign of Jonah the prophet. And verse 30, for as Jonah became a sign to the Ninevites, so also the Son of Man will be to this generation. And he's saying to the generation, he's saying, listen, 
You don't need a sign anymore because the sign is standing in front of you today. Jonah was the prophet. Jonah was the one who pointed towards the coming Christ. Jonah was the one who he refers to and says he was the one who was a sign, but a greater sign is coming. That is I who will be a sign for generations. And God has not left the plan of his redemption, but he's he's brought the sign to us so that mankind would find that sign, that would see that sign and be saved. And the amazing thing is that as I look upon it, this change in gear that he he gives his uh, people that he loves a sign, and then he says, now this is it. I am the sign. I am redemption. I am salvation. You need not look upon any other sign but this sign that stands in front of you right now. And uh, I wrote that story to emphasize the impact that you and I have upon the people around us. I wrote that story because as the Holy Spirit came upon me, I just saw us as beacons, and that's what I've entitled this message as, that you and I are beacons lighting up that way to that sign. That he is the sign that is there for all generations, but we are the ones to light up the path to that sign. That you and I, as Kevin talked about last night, refracting that light, the light of God. That we would be beacons in a dark place. This generation does not have need of a sign, but a light to find it. Beacons that guide a soul home. And as this church is launching this into this new year, I want us to become beacons. That as we look outward rather than inward, that us who once were in darkness will be children of light. You see, if you, are, if you have received Christ, then you are a light to the world. You are a beacon to the world. And I believe this is the change of gear that this church is going to see so many souls saved in this year. We are believing God. And in Philippians 2 verse 14, it says this. Now this is from the Passion Translation. I don't know whether... Oh, they did manage to um, do it for me. Live a cheerful life. Who wants to live a cheerful life? There we go. It is possible. Without complaining or division among yourselves. For then you will be seen as innocent, faultless, and pure children of God. Even though you live in the midst of a brutal and perverse culture, for you will appear among them as shining lights in the universe, offering them the words of eternal life. The difference is now that we are those beacons. The difference is now that we are the ones that are going to light the way. But there are things that we need to put into place to make sure that we shine. And as it goes through that scripture, I can't but help ignore some of the precursor to us being those beacons of light. Or each and every one of us can be a beacon of light to a lost generation. And this is where our hearts, I believe, are going to turn so that we are reaching out to those people around us. And I read that verse again. Live a cheerful life because the world is looking on without complaining or division because the world 
kept looking on. For then you will be seen as innocent, faultless and pure children of God because the world is looking on. Even though you live in the midst of a brutal and perverse culture, you will appear among them as shining lights leading them home in the universe offering them the words of eternal life so I just want to bring a simple message to you today of how we can be the beacons of light and I've got five things here that I'm going to quickly go through because I want you to grasp that as you go out into the world who you are and that light that you can refract as Kevin spoke about last Sunday and the first thing that we need to be is clean before you can be a light to others we need to look at our own lives and you know even a diamond I see some of these girls have got these beautiful solitaire diamonds and I see Heidi strumming on the guitar and it's twinkling away but (laughs) feeling slightly jealous if I'm really honest but even a diamond if you don't if you don't clean it if you leave it for the dust to settle upon it it won't shine like it's meant to shine it won't reflect how it's meant to reflect and sometimes we become so frustrated because we want to shine the light of God but somehow we think no one's really seeing anything in me and maybe it is because we need to have a look on the inside Maybe it is because we need to do a little bit of cleaning. Maybe it is that we need to declutter our lives and sort out that which is not allowing us to shine in the darkness. You know, there's a lady on um, Instagram who I follow. See if there's anybody out there who follows her as well. Her name is Mrs. Hinch. Anyone follow Mrs. Hinch? One, two. Yes, Robin. Yes, she's my girl. So, Mrs. Hinch, for those of you who don't know, is an absolute clean, cleaning freak. I mean, she is slightly eccentric, um, but she has 1.6 million followers. And basically, all she does and all she loves is to clean. So, when you follow her on Instagram, uh, what you get is cleaning tips and what cloths to use with what and do you know anything that she posts on Instagrams to what she uses uh, gets sold out uh, in the even the warehouses there's this particular uh, thing a cloth that she uses you can't get it for love or money at the moment because everybody's going out and buying this particular cloth so but she has all these tips of cleaning actually a funny story about that even Kevin is interested in Mrs. Hinch uh, Paul, who we love and adore uh, in the church, he's probably out there somewhere, um, was put in a new bathroom at our, in our house with, with Kevin. And, and Kevin's kind of a little bit excited about Mrs. Hinch and, and all the cleaning tips that she, she brings to our world. And so I'm upstairs and I can hear Paul and Kevin sort of doing the bathroom, trying to get it right and all the rest of it. And Kevin's waxing lyrical about Mrs. Hinch, and I'm thinking, wow, this woman's had an impact on this man. And uh, so he's saying to Paul, oh, yeah, there's this woman on Instagram. Cheryl follows her, and Cheryl's, like, started cleaning and all the rest of it. And, 
you know, it's a, and, it, and it's a started, yeah. It's, it's amazing what this woman can do. <laughs> and so Paul turns around and he goes, oh, so she's like Cheryl then, meaning she cleans and all the rest of it. And Kevin goes, oh, no, no, no. She looks like a model. <laughs> that is a true story. Brutal. And this woman, you think she's, you, you have a certain image in your head as what she looks like, but she actually does look like a model. But she has all these tips of cleaning. But I want to give you a tip of cleaning this morning. It says, meditate on what is true, pure, just, lovely, of good report, good virtue, and praiseworthy. You know, David said, search me and try me. Is there anything in me that is not of you? Is there anything in me that needs cleaning up? You know, I think we get on with life so much, we forget to stop and say, Jesus, will you just show me the things I need to get sorted? You know, it's all about decluttering right now, isn't it, Joey? Mary Kondo, if you haven't followed her, you need to follow her. Your wardrobe will never look the same again decluttering life but declutter on the inside and allow those things to be removed and whatever you put in friend will come out so be careful what you put in because it will come out be careful what you watch be careful the conversations you take a hold of clean up your life and you will shine the beacon bright in a gen- in a generation the next thing is unity will cause us to shine At the beginning of that scripture in Philippians, it said, do everything without complaining or division among yourselves. Because I can tell you, if the church is unified, it becomes a glorious thing for the world to see that they are just amazed that even though each one of us may fall or fail or hurt one another, we decide to love one another. Because it says in... um, it says in uh, John thirteen thirty five, by this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Let's determine this morning that we will love one another whether we do things right or wrong. That because the world is looking on and if they see unity within the church, if they see forgiveness in the church, if they see that we do not condemn one another but we build each other one up, then we will shine the glorious light of Jesus Christ. Are you with me this morning? So unity is the very thing that shines the light of God. Love. Love beyond borders. And I really felt the Holy Spirit press on me because I think we have a zone of love. So we go so far that it's comfortable and then we remain in that comfort zone of love. But I want to just challenge you this morning to will you go out of your comfort zone of love? Because sometimes you have to go out beyond the part that is comfortable, beyond the place that is comfortable. You have to go to the place that is really stretching you on the inside to be able to love, to meet the people that aren't naturally easy to love. And so I want to challenge, because the Holy Spirit challenged me and said, are you really loving or are you just being sort of uh, a limit of love love where it's comfortable but I think when we press forward and actually make ourselves go into places we never thought we could you know Jesus he went and sat with those who weren't desirable but he brought them love and can we manage to do that can we break out of our comfort zone and decide to get uncomfortable in love 
because it says in John 15:13, greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. And I think when you lay down your life, you're laying down your own, uh, just your own sort of, this is what I want to do. Your own selfishness, your own uh, just pattern of life. I'm going to stop and I'm going to do something for somebody else. I'm going to stop and I'm going to love somebody else. Because your week may be so um, patterned out, there's not even room to love. There's not even room to, to get out of your comfort zone because there's no time for anybody else. But I know that God is going to enable you to do that. The uh, fourth thing is hope. And can I remind you this morning, you shine when you tell your story. You shine when you tell of the redemption that God has put in your life, that you were once in darkness. I have become all things to all men, so they might know. And so, friends, if you can tell your story, we don't tell our story enough about how we found the life, the love, and the hope, and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. When was the last time you told somebody your testimony? Just saying. (laughs) Because it's just, I feel the nudge of the Holy Spirit to awaken these things again in our hearts. Because the power is in your testimony. The hope is in your testimony. No one can argue with your story. No one can change your story. Not even the enemy can change your story. But I want to tell you it is powerful. It is strong. And it brings hope. Hold out the word of God as that scripture says. For surely you will sit, shine the light as you bring your story. If, you, if we become all things to all men, we say, yeah, do you know what? I felt like you felt. I understand. I have become all things to all men. Yeah, I went through that. This is how I got out of it. Because we want to shine a light, but we don't know where to start. And so let hope arise. Let's bring forth hope, hope, encouragement nice things that we say to one another friends this is not rocket science but I'm here to just remind you this morning and the last thing is good works Matthew 5 verse 14 says you are the light of the world like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden no one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket instead a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house in the same way let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father and I another question to ask ourselves and I think probably in our heads we think we do but I just want to ask a question ask yourself a question this morning do I care do I actually care Because if we're honest, a lot of the time, I don't think we care. We don't care enough. And so when we do our good deeds, we do it because we care. Not just to look good or not just to be good but we care for those around us. Do we care enough to mess up our week? 
do we care enough to give when we don't feel like we can give? Do we care enough for the people around us to make a difference into their lives? I really feel a pressing of the Holy Spirit just to ask you those questions so that we can start to stir up something on the inside that needs to be awakened. That we're comfortable, we've got our lives, but we are beacons. That as I read that story, and each person came alongside the one that was lost, the one that was tormented, the one that couldn't see, and the one that couldn't hear, you see, there's a whole line of beacons before they find the final beacon. There's a whole line. You might be just one person in that line. But we would have enabled one person to get that much closer to Jesus. That much closer to the sign for all generations. And so I want to say to you today, we're working as a team with those that we have in this room and those that we don't have in this room being beacons leading people home so this morning I just as we stand up this morning I'm actually going to ask you to, to respond to this message and I'm going to ask you to stir something on the inside to start understanding why you've been placed in this world why you have been rescued out of darkness and been brought into the light so that you can be light in the darkness. Thanks for joining with us. For more information about events, service times and how to connect with us, visit www.thejunctionchurch.com.